Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The lights are out. The game is over. But we're just getting started. He got it! It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up on the Bay Area's sports station. 95-7. The game. Chris Townsend and Matt Steinmetz with you here. Warriors wrap-up presented by Arlo. Smart home security cameras. And the Golden State Warriors go to Cleveland, and they beat them 118-108. to They have now won 13 straight on the road. And for the Cleveland Cavaliers, this was their largest halftime lead against the Warriors in their eight regular season meetings since LeBron James returned to Oakland. So here they have their biggest halftime lead, and they come out in the second half and they get outscored 61-44. to I don't know what really there is new to say, Townie, to tell you the truth. Cavaliers were competitive for two, three quarters, but the Warriors executed down the stretch they get easier shots than the Cavaliers down the stretch their defense is better than the Cavaliers down the stretch they outscore Cleveland 25-17 in the fourth quarter it's like they know the last 10 minutes of the game belongs to them and Isaiah Thomas I can see how he's going to make a little bit of a difference but he doesn't change the dynamic of these two teams the Warriors are better I think Cleveland's got to know it by now and the question's going to be, what does their GM, Kobe Altman, do? Does he keep this team intact and try to make it to the finals and, in essence, root for the Warriors to have an injury? Or does he try to do something right at the trading deadline to try to make this team better right now? Because getting to the finals, it's either enough or it's not. But you can get to the finals with this group, and if, if the Warriors are healthy, I, I don't see them winning more than a game. The number is 888 is 888 Yeah, if you're, re- you're leaving the arena right now in Cleveland, I mean, you got to be saying to yourself, what possibly can we do to really compete with these guys? Other than, as you said, someone getting hurt for the Warriors – like, what move would be out there that would even allow that? They kind of are who they are. Well, I mean, there's talk that DeAndre Jordan might be available. There's talk that if, although I don't think he will, uh, DeMarcus Cousins could be available if the Pelicans start to fold. But again, it doesn't look like they're going to. So I don't know. If, if maybe Memphis is thinking about breaking it up and maybe Marcus Saul. But even still, I don't, I don't know that. The Cavaliers will do that because it'll take their first-round pick, which is Brooklyn's, and they don't know what LeBron's going to do. And if they think LeBron's going to leave, they probably don't want to move that pick because it could be a very high pick and they could get a really, really young player. So Cleveland's in a little in a little bit of a pickle, obviously. Now, you said, what could they think? And all I'm telling you is if I were a player on Cleveland – trying to keep up appearances, if you will, or if I was a player on Cleveland and I 
I, I still thought we could beat the Warriors. I would look at this box score and say, look, we were 7 for 28 from three-point range at home. We're not going to shoot 25% at home from three-point range. We're going to make three or four more threes, and right there's your ball game. Now, that that's easy to say, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to shoot better next game or that the Warriors won't shoot better. I'm just saying what Cleveland's got to try to convince themselves because they can't go into a game saying, you know, we got no chance. They have to at least think that if they put together a good ball game, they can win. The number is 888-957-9570. Something was said in the fourth quarter on the broadcast where I went, if that's the case, you've got absolutely no chance. We'll take your phone calls. We'll talk about that. Warriors with the win on Martin Luther King Day, 118 to 108. You're listening to Warriors Wrap Up right here on the home of the Warriors, 95.7 The Game, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Before we get to your phone calls at 888-957-9570, it's time for the play of the game, which is brought to you by American Express, proud partners of the Golden State Warriors. Curry, double-team, five Draymond. Draymond dribbles in, lob, Iguodala, two-hand slam, ghosting down the baseline. Timeout Cleveland, and the Warriors lead 118-104, to and that could do it with a minute 24 to go here in Cleveland. Matt, at one point in the broadcast, late in the game, they talked about how Cleveland had missed 12 of their last 13 shots. You know, these games have taken on a familiar pattern. They really have, and... Usually what happens is both teams come out, play pretty well offensively the first half, but as the game as the game goes on, it gets harder and harder for Cleveland to score, but for the Warriors, it stays the same. They always score consistently first quarter through fourth against Cleveland, but Cleveland invariably will struggle, if not in the fourth quarter some other time, and Cleveland's got to play a near-perfect game, and they got to have contributions from players that haven't been giving them contributions against the Warriors. J.R. Smith, guys like Kyle Korver, I mean, they got to come in and play Tristan Thompson. Those guys got to come in and do stuff, and for whatever reason, they can against the Warriors. It's time to hear from you, the fans, brought to you by Nation's Giant Hamburgers. Keep it real. Make it Nations. Let's lead off with Gene in Oakland. Lead us off here. Warriors wrap-up on 95.7. Taking my call. So I'd like to make a couple of points, if I may. First of all, um, hallelujah, they finally glued Zaza to the bench. Uh, I mean, I'd still prefer to see Kevon Looney start, but uh, Jordan Bell is definitely an upgrade. So congratulations to Coach Kerr for finally doing that. Secondly, uh, Steiny, you were talking on Saturday about what's wrong with Cleveland. And I heard, you know, the poor defense, uh, weak bench, uh, but um, I didn't hear anything about uh, Kyrie uh, and, you know, his leaving the team. I mean, when they were competitive with us, typically what would happen is um, uh, LeBron would take over the game the first three quarters, just like he did tonight, you know, put up great numbers. But by the fourth quarter, uh, Kyrie would step up. You know, he's the, probably the best, one of the best closers in the game. And he would just he would take over the game in the fourth quarter. 
So, so he was tough, and, and they were tough. But once he left, I think they dropped down a notch or two. And, uh, you know, I don't see how – first of all, I, I think they're going to have one hell of a time even winning, even getting to the finals, let alone uh, giving us any kind of a hard time. Well, it's it certainly doesn't look like that after tonight's game. Hello? There's, yeah, I'm here. There's uh, there's no doubt about it. And I think what the Cavs are hoping, Gene, and look, I, I, there's no guarantee any of this is going to work, but it's what you got to hang on to. And Isaiah Thomas showed tonight that there are times when he can be a problem for the Warriors. Now, is he going to be able to take over a game like Kyrie Irving? Probably not. But does he have the ability to make shots? He does. He does. And so what what needs to happen is Cleveland's got to have LeBron play well. They've got to have Isaiah Thomas play well. And they've got to have Love play well. And then they also need a few of the role players to play well. And that's asking a lot. Doesn't mean they can't do it, but it's asking a lot. Chris Weber was trying to sell Dwayne Wade in the postseason from the standpoint of been there, done that before, plus with all the days off. He can be fresher. You buy it? Not really. I don't. I think. I think Wade. There's not a whole lot you're buying with the Cavaliers. Well, no. I mean, if I, look, they need they need to just play better. I mean, they shot 45. percent They need to shoot 50 plus against the Warriors. They shot seven for 28 from three. That's 25. percent They need to shoot high 30s as a team. Uh, the rebounding, they lost the rebounding battle again. The tur- they, they turned the ball over too much 15 times to the Warriors 17 times. They have to win the turn. They have to do all these things, and they haven't been able to do them consistently. But as for Wade, you know, I, I think Wade in these two regular season games is about what he is. He was 5 for 13 for 13 points in the first game. He was 5 for 14 for 10 in this game in 25 minutes. Yeah, he's, he's going to score some points, but how efficient is he going to be? You know, they again, little things like they need Wade to go 5 for 9, not 5 for 14. And so they need a lot of they need they need LeBron to be the pebble and then all the the ripples ripple out and impacts all the other players the playing. Corver well. gave you three. Yeah, and how many minutes did he play? Twenty. Twenty minutes. He gave you three. Three point, even three shots. I mean, he's got to take more than three shots. Or what else is he out there for? So, if you're if you're Cleveland, you're probably saying to yourself, "Well, look, it's only Isaiah Thomas's fourth or fifth game." We got the second half of the season. Let's see if we can put something together. Yeah, that's all you got because right now Cleveland they're just three and nine in their last twelve I know. games. I know. It's not a good look. Let's go to Josh in Oakland. Good evening, Josh. You're on the game. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. You know I couldn't agree with Gene more. Um, since the Warriors became a lead defensive team, it's only a couple superstars who I can think of who've consistently played good against them. It was one was Kevin Durant, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Dame Lillard. Um, Mark Gasol, LeBron James, and Kyrie Irving, and what made the Cavs so scary is that they had two of those players on the same team at once. Um, a lot of people like to equate uh, Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas, but I don't think that it's close, I, I mean, at all. Kyrie Irving in multiple holiday games and multiple final games and multiple final appearances has not been good or great. He's been like all time. I'll never forget for the rest of my life special. So when he wanted to leave as a Warriors fan, I really rejoiced because 
now what it's looking like is that I don't think that LeBron is necessarily because the East has gotten so good, or not so good, but has gotten better. I don't think he's going to have the time to be able to integrate Isaiah Thomas and still be able to win the games that he wants to win, which is why he, he leads the league in, in, in minutes and whatnot. I just I think they're running out of time. The East is getting good. you got teams like, of course, Boston and Toronto, who last year we started to see their mentality change. It started with the Boston game when Isaiah hit that big shot on the Cavaliers and won the game. If you go back and watch that, nobody celebrated. Nobody jumped up and down. They act like that's what was supposed to happen. Contrary to when the the Rockets beat us in the first game of the season or last year with the Cavaliers in in the Christmas Day game, you know, it was just excitement. So, um, you know, thanks for taking my call, man. I appreciate it. Love listening to you guys. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Josh. Okay, let's go back to to two years ago when Cleveland beat the Warriors. And let's put aside what happened to Draymond Green. How did the Cavaliers beat the Warriors? Well, LeBron was the best player on the floor. Kyrie Irving was the second best player on the floor. So that right there is a change of dynamic. But think about what happened. In Game 7, J.R. Smith made some big threes in the second half. In that series, Tristan Thompson was a factor. He was he was very good on the offensive glass. He got garbage points inside when he didn't. He, he got the Cavaliers extra possessions. And so they had more players contributing. When's the last time J.R. Smith has played well against the Warriors? Not for a while. Tristan Thompson's been ineffectual the last year and a half against the Warriors. Uh, Corver hasn't really done to the Warriors what he's done to some other teams. So they don't get the number of good performances against the Warriors that they do against other teams, and that's because the Warriors play defense better than most other teams. The Warriors hit 12 threes. That means Joe Lowe and Dibbs will be giving away a pair of JBL headphones tomorrow morning at 8-12. Don't forget, every time the Warriors hit at least 12 threes in a game, the morning show will give away a pair of JBL headphones to a lucky listener. Yeah, Cleveland at home, 7 for 28 from beyond the arc. That's terrible. It's not good, especially when you take a lot of threes, and they do take a lot of threes. They only took 25 tonight, but they normally take more than that. Yeah, when you you start thinking about this team, we'll continue with your phone calls at 888-957-9570. To win a championship, everybody's got to be on board, right? Everybody's got to be pulling on the same rope, that old cliche. And you just kind of wonder, ever since Kyrie left... LeBron James, the uncertainty of what his future is going to be. You just wonder, what is it like around that team? Because, yeah, we can sit here and we can talk about how, oh, it's the Golden State Warriors. They went in there and took care of them 118 to 103. But like I just told you, last 12 games, they're just 3-9. and nine. They've got issues. 888-957-9570. Warriors wrap up after the Warriors take down the Cavs. You're listening to Warriors Wrap Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Far side, Curry. Chased by Thomas. Bounce pass west. Two-hand toss to Ranch to the corner to Young. He'll fire away. Three ball. Right corner pocket for Nick Young. Here's Curry. Left-hand dribble on Wade. Bounce pass to the wing. Kevin Durant, open three. Got it from downtown. J.R. Smith was helping Dwayne Wade on Stephen Curry. 
And Curry just flipped it over to the old man, Durant. We were relaxed just a little bit at home, and this is who we are when we're on the road. So we play at home. We, we have spurts where, you know, we just get too relaxed sometimes because we're at home, our car's behind us. But on the road, we know we can't dig ourselves a hole or we can't have a bad stretch or let them get momentum because they take it over and the crowd to actually push them over the top. So we got to have that same mindset at home. That's how I'm kind of looking at this thing. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Chris Townsend, Matt Steinmetz with you after the Warriors take down the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland, 118-108. to We'll continue with your phone calls at 888-957-9570. It's the old Lou Holtz mentality. When you're on the road, it's you against the world. They've now won 13 straight road games. That's amazing. One off the franchise record. Yeah, it's incredible. It really is. And the Warriors are quietly putting together another really good year. It's just that we're so used to it. It just seems like they're doing okay. And they're on a pace to win 67 games again. But it doesn't seem like they're doing anything special. It just seems like they're having a nice little regular season. And they have the best record in the game. And they're going to head into the postseason with home court throughout. And I don't know that they're going to be challenged. I just don't know. I, I don't know if I see any team out there that can push him to to six games if the Warriors are healthy. But but we'll see. I mean, the Cavs. I, I still think they're the best opportunity to beat the Warriors of any Eastern Conference team. In other words, if if the Warriors get to the finals against Toronto or Boston, I do think the Warriors will have an easier time than it. Uh, than against the Cavs, but I don't know that the Cavs can beat them. I just, I just don't. I if they can beat the Warriors four out of seven, and the Warriors are healthy, I kind of want to see how that happens because I can't, I can't picture it in my head. Let's go to L and Pacifica. Welcome to ninety-five-seven. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, just a quick point on. Um the Cavs and all this talk that they might acquire, you know, a Marcus All or a DeAndre Jordan or one of these centers. Um, I, I just want to, I'd like to, to, to hear what you guys think about this, but I think um, acquiring a center is completely the wrong way to go about it. None of these centers that are mentioned in this conversation can keep up with the Warriors. Um, so how, how much would that really help the Cavs in terms of beating the Warriors in a final game? You know, Marcus All. Um, yeah, he's he's a, he's a great center, but he can't keep up with the run game of the Warriors. DeAndre Jordan, you we all know he's in there for rebounding, for blocking shots. Um, we can Warriors can easily throw a JaVale McGee in there and have JaVale just stay at the three-point line and take DeAndre Jordan out of the game. Um, or if it's a Marc Gasol, you know, they can go small with, you know, Kevin Durant as the center, um, and, and Mark wouldn't be able to keep up with that. So, um, I, I think they're going about it completely wrong by acquiring a center. Um, I would love to hear what you guys are thinking about. Uh, yeah, I, hey, thanks a lot for the call, Al. I think it depends who the center is, to tell you the truth. I'm with you with DeAndre Jordan. I think if they got DeAndre Jordan, I, I just don't think it would help that much. I, I don't see how he would change the way these teams um, compete against each other. I, I just don't see it. Now, Marcus Saul's a different story, I think, because he's really good. He's really good. He's a lane clogger. He's less a rim protector than just a lane clogger, 
which which can work. And he's a great passer, which you can never have too many against when you're playing the Warriors. And he's very skilled. He can put the ball in the basket if he's guarded one-on-one. As for the part where he can't get up and down, I, I hear you, but I'm less concerned about that in the postseason when the games tend to get a little bit slower. Uh, if if the Warriors, or I should say, if the Cavs were to get Marcus Saul and not have to give up one of their top six players, I think they have to try it for sure. Would it get it done? Would it get them past the Warriors? I think it'd give them a better chance. I don't know what the odds would be, but it would give them a better chance. It is not going to be easy for this general manager for the Cavs. No, he's he's in a he's in a bind, right? Because in the back of your mind. Don't you have to think about moves if you have to protect yourself if LeBron leaves? No it's, doubt. It's one thing you could be sitting here and getting pressure from LeBron, need help, we need more, we need to do this, but in the back of your mind going, this guy could be bolting on me after this year. Well, let's they have Brooklyn's pick. That's the big that's the big piece. And let's just say hypothetically the Brooklyn pick is is number five. Let's say it's the number five pick. Pretty darn good. All right, so here comes the trading deadline. Or you think it's going to be number five. Here comes the trading deadline. Well, you're sitting there with LeBron, and you know LeBron you know LeBron knows that this team can't get it done. So you know if you don't make any moves, chances are he may roll. So then you think, well, let's try to make a move so we can make a run at it this year. So then you make a move, and you give up this pick that's important for Brooklyn and maybe another player. And you know what? He leaves anyway. So now you don't even have the the young building piece that you were hoping to get out of that draft pick of Brooklyn's. So it is. It's a it's a real it, you know, I I mean what you what you want if you're Cleveland is you want to win it this year, have LeBron stay and you get this high draft pick that you never moved. But what could happen is you move the pick and LeBron leaves anyway. Oh. That would be the nightmare. And then you could be screwed for years. Yep. I mean, that's where you need... That, that, that's where you, you just wonder, with this team, how much... Because we now know how Kyrie felt. How do a lot of these other guys feel with LeBron? When they know he may not be all in. I mean, he's playing his you-know-what off, but knowing that this could be... This could be it. This could be it for this franchise. Yeah. Uh I mean, I, th- I think that had something to do with with Kyrie leaving, that he didn't want to be stuck in Cleveland holding the bag if LeBron's not there. Like there were some other things, but I look at this team now. Uh, their, their next best player is Isaiah Thomas. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, Kevin Love's got a couple more years. I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't feel sorry for any of the Ke- Cleveland Cavaliers if LeBron James leaves them high and dry. I mean, he's already got a ring for J.R. Smith. He's gotten a ring for Love. He got a ring for Tristan Thompson. So he doesn't owe these guys anything, I don't think. Let's go to Alex in San Bruno. Go ahead, Alex. Hey, guys. I uh I had some reports earlier this week that I was listening to uh, that said something about trading Draymond Green possibly for Anthony Davis, and I just uh, wanted to know what you guys thought about that. Uh, I mean, it does make sense to trade high on Draymond. If he loses a step, uh, he could be at the pinnacle of his value right now, and I definitely think uh, someone like Anthony Davis could be worth it, but I just don't really see that as like a Warriors-type move. And... um, 
also, I was thinking, like, uh, saying that Cleveland can be pushed in the East is, like, similar to comparing the Warriors to be being pushed in the West, like uh, the Rockets challenging the Warriors. Right now, they are the, they are the at the top, you know. So if anyone's going to come at them, they've already been there and done that. And I, I think you guys can agree, like, uh, I'm putting my money with LeBron because he's been there, he's been doing it, and I just don't see any other team getting by him until it happens. Then when I see it, I'll believe it. I just want your thought on. Thought yeah, well, on wait. That. What was your first? What was your first uh, comment? That's the one I wanted to respond to. Can you remember? Draymond Green. Oh, Draymond Green. Yeah, Draymond Green. Yeah. Thanks a lot for the call. Really, uh, a good call. Uh, I agree with you about Cleveland. I mean, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt uh, until someone knocks them off. I don't think. Uh, I, I don't think anybody can knock them off until they do knock them off. As far as the Draymond Green thing, we have to. Uh, Draymond had 16 rebounds tonight, his most in the last two seasons. The thing about Draymond is he's a free agent at the end of next year. Anthony Davis, I think, is a free agent in 2020. So I'd be shocked if anything happens right now. The The way it's come up, the context in which it's come up, isn't a trade Draymond for Green, a Draymond Green for Anthony Davis. It's more that the Warriors will start putting the plan in place to sign Anthony Davis when he becomes a free agent down the line. And that may include having to part with a Draymond Green or perhaps some other player of of import. Way, way premature. It's it's just way premature. So I think that's a little too early to talk about. I, I, I think the team that the Warriors take into the playoffs this year is going to be the same team we're looking at right now. We finally have Steve Kerr for you from Cleveland. So we're going to have that. And also, Bob Myers on this radio station described a player like I'd never heard before. It was funnier than hell. It tells you why that scenario that was just brought up is not going to happen. Warriors with the win over the Cavaliers, 118-108. to You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up, presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Livingston to Draymond Green. Throws up top to David West. Dribble drive goes all the way. And Duncan with a left hand over Tristan Thompson. David West turning back time to make it 101-95 Warriors. He was so quick, Thompson couldn't react. Didn't even try to block. Man, it's just amazing. You know, that's what happens when you got coach here. When you got, when, you, when our coach empowers everybody on the team. You know what I mean? And everybody feels confident when they get on the court. And he doesn't, he really doesn't care if you shoot the ball. So when Nick comes in the game, he feels confident no matter if he's played, you know, two minutes and he comes in the fourth, hit a, a big three in a corner or D West or Jordan Bill hasn't played in the last two games, started tonight, coach empowers everybody and gives him confidence. And the bench did a great job. You're listening to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. KD on Swag. It is Warriors Wrap-Up presented by Arlo Smart Home Security. Chris Towns and Matt Steinmetz with you after the Warriors beat the Cavaliers 118-108. to Just on that Draymond Green trade, do you remember what Bob Myers called him? It was after the draft. And when Bell was picked, well, actually, when they bought Bell, Draymond called him. 
and got on him about not informing him about this pick. And Bob Myers said, you know, Draymond Green's like our team mom. (laughs) (laughs) And I've never heard an athlete described that way. You can't get rid of the team mom. Team mom keeps everything together. Well, team mom's under contract rest of this year and next and the year after that. So we'll see. We'll see. It's time to hear from Steve Kerr, and it's brought to you by Walnut Creek Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, where saving is simple, online at walnutcreekjeep.com. Complete wins of the year? I don't, actually. Mm. From the start of the third quarter to finish, I, I consider it one of the more complete second halves of the year. How's that? Yeah. Why was that mixture? So you had a mixture of like Draymond with some, with some reserves, Sean. Why, why were they so effective? A defense. Um, that was the best defensive stretch we had of the of the entire game. We struggled to score early in the fourth with that group, but uh, we were defending so well, so we stayed with them for a while. And uh, I thought they really set the tone for the quarter, and seemed like that was the key stretch of the game. You know, those first six seven minutes of the of the fourth. Did you have to light a fire to get that defense going, or did it come on its own? Uh, yeah, I was a little upset at halftime just because. Um, we just we weren't guarding anybody. We didn't play with much intensity, and you know we're going against the team we've seen in the finals three straight years. It seems like there should have been more intensity to start the game, but it wasn't there. And um, fortunately, we got it going in the second half. How much do you do or don't do in a game like this, just for future reference? Uh, we don't hold too much back, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I think. Uh, you know, matchups or uh, can can dictate some things that you do in the playoffs, and um, sometimes you change. You know, you make a few different play calls or whatever. But um, I, I don't think there's like a conscious effort to like really hold anything back for fear of tipping the hand for later on. Steve, you said the defense was better in the fourth. What was it differently that uh, in that fourth that you didn't do in the first three quarters? Oh, we took the three-point shot away. Um, the first. Uh, First couple quarters, we were giving up a lot of threes, and um, even the ones that they missed uh, in the first half, they were not challenged. And so I just thought we challenged shots better in the second half, particularly that group in the fourth, and that set a great tone. You started Jordan Bell. He was okay at moments, but he pulled him out in the third. What did you just kind of think? Well, um, you know, first of all, I want to – say how thankful I am to have Zaza on this team because it's not often you can just tell a guy who starts every game at center and I'm going to go elsewhere tonight Um, and Zaza is so professional Um, he gets it and it's no problem and he'll be back out there in Chicago in the starting lineup and uh, but there may be some games where matchups dictate how we play and um, I thought Jordan did some good things I haven't played him much lately that's a tough spot to be in as a rookie um, for me to just throw him out there when he hasn't been in in any kind of rhythm and uh, that's why I subbed Loon in early in the third because I thought you know Looney right now is in a better groove and and is in sort of a better place in terms of understanding what we're doing what do you think Jordan can learn in a game like tonight and when he started Christmas Day Everything you know, you you play against uh, one of the best teams in the league on the road, national TV. You know, you feel the, the butterflies. You have to study the game plan. You have to know everything going in. You have to know player tendencies. Uh, so you just learn, and this is why being a rookie is hard. There's so much coming at you all the time. But Jordan's had a, a great season, and he's and he's a really good listener, and he's very coachable, and uh, he's doing. Uh, He's doing a good job. Coach, why do you think it is? It seems like these last couple of games, uh, teams are 
trapping Steph on, on, the, on the pick. Why, yeah, why are they or yeah. are they not? Why, why are they? Something like that. Um, yeah, probably because when he came back from the injury, I mean, he was – getting 35 a night and making threes from everywhere and obviously he poses such a threat and all over the floor you have to honor him and teams are going to try to do different things but um, I thought he handled all that stuff really well tonight. 13 straight road win for you guys what do you like about what you guys have done on the road this season? I just like how uh, attentive we are on the road you know we get home and we tend to lose focus and lose intensity and I think the road brings out um, that appropriate fear that uh, we talk about, and that's a Greg Popovich phrase, so we've adopted it. I can't take credit for it, but um, it's a beautiful phrase. It's true. You go on the road, and you are naturally you know, a little fearful. you got your guard up, and, uh, but as long as you turn that into aggressiveness, um, then it works in your favor, and I think that's what's happened. Were you expecting the Steph Curry two-hand dunk kind of transition? No, I was not. <laughs> but I think he was taking out some anger from the first half. He was struggling there in the first half. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, that will get him going. Steph loves to dunk more than anybody. You know that. doesn't happen often, so when it does, it, uh, it jacks him up. What do you think fooled uh, Draymond second half? I think throughout the second half, most of his assists and rebounds came. Uh, Dr- Draymond is just hes a gamer. You know, he's one of the most competitive people I've ever met, and I think he was angry after our first half, and he wanted to get going, and um, and he keyed he keyed that surge there in the fourth. Did you see Draymond walking that line of being very emotional and fiery, but not getting a touch? I did, I did. I thought he was great. You know, he had a couple calls that went against him, and he got a little angry, but kept his composure and kept playing. And then the last thing I'll say is uh, Nick Young. You know, I don't play him at all in the first half. I, th- I think I played him 45 seconds or something when Steph had his three fouls and uh, went to him in the second half instead of Patty. And uh, he hit some huge shots, played really good defense. And uh, I think that's one of the things I'm most pleased about with our team is just how professional and prepared everybody is, whether it's Zaza, you know, willingly taking a step back tonight or, you know, Javel continuing to bring energy on the sidelines and, and, you know, fire up the guys. And even though he's out of the loop right now and, you know, Nick and Looney staying ready, staying prepared. Um, it's an incredibly professional group and I'm lucky to coach them. Nick The Warriors outscored the Cavs in the second half, 61-44. Matt, you talked about it earlier. You know, a situation to where, hey, it's national television. Everybody's fired up. Everybody comes out swinging. But then the second half, they just don't have enough firepower to stick with the Warriors. No, and the Warriors turned up the defense. And that's what they can do. The Warriors can get you on both ends of the floor. Here's the way I look at it. If the Warriors play good offense and good defense, nobody can beat them. If they play good offense but not good defense, good teams have a chance to beat them. And if they do vice versa, a good good team will have a chance to beat them. But they don't stay unfocused for long stretches. In other words, they may have a bad game here and there, but very rarely do they have two bad games. I can't remember the last slump they had. So, I, you know, I watched... The game tonight, looking for something, anything that maybe Cleveland could hang its hat on moving forward. I, I really, I didn't see anything. I didn't see anything except the same old thing, where you lose and you say, "Well, if we, you know, we make more threes, but there's a reason you don't make a lot of threes, and it's got to do with the Warriors' defense." 
Well, let's get out on this. You have a new story for me with Arlo that I'm very excited to hear about. Oh, a yeah. new way to use these smart home security cameras. Yeah, so, you know, I'm living more and worrying less, but now my now my uh, nephew is also. My nephew came with his wife, and they've got a one-year-old, and essentially, using the Arlo home security system, uh, you know, if you don't nail it to the wall or screw it into the wall, you can move them all over the house or outside the house, so it's serving as a baby monitor for uh, my nephew, and they can either look live into their into their room yeah. and see their baby, or townie. They'll get the notifications anytime the camera detects movement. So if you have the camera on the crib, you could, in theory, get notified every time the kid rolls over. And you could still talk to the baby with the yes. two-way audio. Well, the one-year-old doesn't have a lot to say But you point. can still talk sure. to the baby. I yeah. like it. Yeah. And then once the kid grows up, put the camera outside overlooking your home. Yes, or you want to put it outside his door or window when he tries to sneak out as a teenager. That another. is a whole nother ball game. 10, 1080p HD cameras are absolutely phenomenal. The night vision, 100% wire-free. The two-way audio is so key. And seven days of free cloud storage for your recordings. Go to Arlo.com. That's going to do it for Warriors Wrap-Up. The Warriors have won 13 straight games on the road. Absolutely amazing. Their next one is going to be Wednesday in Chicago. We'll They'll try and tie the franchise record. They beat the Cavaliers tonight, 118 to 108. Matt Koltsky is next. Keep them company at 888-957-9570. And we'll see you tomorrow right here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.